Today's uh, scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. Uh, please follow along in your Bibles or the screen above. This is the word of God. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, a rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I'm still full, recovering from food coma. We only have, I think, five weeks left to the end of this year. Uh, crazy how time is flying. But uh, really, I uh, want to just um, uh, take a moment to uh, bless, bless you, bless our families. I know that you know, 2017, I don't know how long the year has been, but uh, may the Lord uh, richly um, be present uh, in, your, in your homes, in your lives, so that we can really finish out this year well in a, in a good note. So. We just want to uh, pray over you, pray for that. Um, once again, my name is Won J. Hudson, one of the pastors here at New Mercy. Uh, very excited to be here. We are starting a new sermon series today, uh, as our elder Peter mentioned, uh, called Awaiting the Promise, Awaiting the Promise. Uh, traditionally in the Christian calendar, this is a season called the Advent, Advent. And it is a, it's not a, uh, a Christmas kind of prolonged Christmas season that we're waiting for, but it is uh, but uh, Advent season is traditionally a, a separate season, four weeks, four Sundays before Christmas. Uh, the early fathers, uh, they uh, acknowledged that this is a uh, important season, so they took four weeks preparing us getting us ready for that Christmas Sunday morning. Uh, this is a season of anticipation, season of preparation for receiving our Lord Jesus Christ again. Uh, so this is a very holy season. Actually, in the Christian calendar, uh, the Advent season marks the beginning of the Christian calendar. Okay, so this is our New Year's kind of, uh, we're, so we're starting a New Year's here. So very excited to start uh, this sermon series uh, with us. And today, as I was kind of preparing, uh, how should we launch uh, this Advent sermon series? Uh, the word that really came to my mind was, uh, was, was, is waiting, okay, was waiting. Um, we live in an instant world today, right? You know, instant gratification and everything is so quick and it's so immediate. And, and you know, with the, with the technologically, everything is kind of you know, going crazy. And even for me, uh, just this, um, this Thanksgiving, I usually don't do this, trust me, I don't, but I, for some reason, I have my computer open, and I had my Amazon, and Walmart, and all these shopping sites open, and I found myself 
wow, I had no idea I needed this odd-looking object and whatever this is for. And there's this box, yellow box called binary. And my parents are moving and clicking. And don't, Lisa's not here. Don't tell my wife, but the package is coming. Um, and I, I found myself clicking. And uh, how crazy it is, right, that our society today is so quickly, so immediately that we can, we can get and we can experience things. The flip side of that is uh, waiting uh, becomes much more difficult. I think we are a generation now, uh, things like waiting and you know, being things slow, uh, we just can't handle it. I, I mean, I personally, I hate waiting. Uh, you know, every uh, Thanksgiving we go down to Virginia. My wife is from there, and when we got married 19 years ago, uh, one promise I made to my wife was that, yeah, every Thanksgiving we will go celebrate Thanksgiving at your, your, your in, you know, our, my in-laws, your family's house. So we go down every Thanksgiving. And this year, once again, we're going down, and once again, traffic, crazy traffic. You, know, you see all the red lights, right? So you're like, I love traffic, said nobody, right? I mean, we hate traffic. We hate waiting. Uh, but biblically, when we study the scriptures, uh, it seems like God actually uh, places waiting as a very important part of our, our growth and transformation. Part of our, huge part of our sanctification, our growth, uh, has to do waiting. So today, as we start our kind of like, you know, our Advent series, Awaiting the Promise, I want to kind of think about this word waiting, and I'm just going to give us uh, three uh, points uh, about biblical waiting that I felt like the Lord was really speaking upon my heart as I was kind of thinking through waiting. So with that, can we just pray one more time? If we could just bow our heads. If we could just pause a little bit. Let's, let's wait upon the Lord this morning. Lord, um, we don't want to just uh, go through the motions this morning, but Father, uh, we, we want you. We want to encounter you, uh, Lord, uh, so we invite you. Will you calm our hearts, God? Will you give us uh, your peace that truly surpasses all understanding, that's anchored upon the work of Jesus Christ? So this morning, we fully invite your presence to our community here, each and every person that you have called, uh, that we can corporately, communally worship together, God, that will you be in our midst. Lord, we thank you for this special season of Advent as we anticipate, as we prepare our hearts, as we wait for you again. Uh, we pray that you will expand our hearts and encourage you. May we see you clearly again, Jesus. May we receive you uh, with the proper posture and, and attitude again. So be with our church, Father. Be with your church this morning. We thank you, Jesus. We love you in all things in your name. Uh, we pray. Amen. Amen. Seems like scripture, the Bible, uh, many places it talks about waiting. And we know that, uh, that this is, once again, is a heartbeat of, of the Bible, many, many places. We know uh, people who have waited for a long time. Scripture talks about, you know, Noah waiting for the rain, right, about 120 years. Remember, God tells Noah, Noah, build the ark, and rain's going to come, and he's waiting and waiting. We know the story of, of Moses who was in the desert for 40 years, just waiting waiting, asking why, waiting. Then another 40 years with the Israelites waiting to enter the promised land. We know the story of Abraham who received the promise that, you know, you will have a son and an inheritance and the descendants like the stars of the sky. He received that promise when he was 75 years old. Then the child does not come for another 25 years. 
but we know the story of Abraham. And on and on, story of Job and, and Isaiah and Jeremiah and prophets. And on and on, there is something about waiting in Scripture. I know it's very challenging. It's very difficult for us. Um, but at the same time, it's once again, it's very important. And it is a tool that God seems to use to really shape us and to form us to become the person, the people that you know, we, uh, we need to be before him. So three things just for me, like I said, as I was kind of praying through this message, you know, Lord, speak to me about waiting. Uh, and three things kind of I felt like the Lord placed upon my heart. Number one, biblical waiting, biblical waiting is a, is a longing. It's a longing. It's a longing for the Lord. Biblical waiting is a longing, and it's a longing ultimately for the Lord. Today's text here in Isaiah chapter 25, one of the most just beautiful, powerful, glorious images in all of the scriptures, uh, especially in the Old Testament. We don't see passages like this. But this is a, uh, what the commentators call a, uh, a prophetic vision for the future that Isaiah is having. And we see here today that the Lord is preparing a banquet. And yes, I know the wine is mentioned twice. I saw you guys wake up. <laughs> One day that God's going to prepare this beautiful uh, banquet uh, with his people. And there's going to be uh, a fatty just meal, a fat uh, meat, you know, meat and wine and, and enjoyment. And the presence of the Lord is there. And in the mi middle of that, we see also the Lord wiping away. He says he's going to take away the veil, the covering that is over the people. That this is the distance, right? The veil is kind of like the, the distance that we we have be before the Lord, be you know, until he comes, that when we could see him truly face to face, that there is a covering, that, that there's going to come one day that he's going to lift the veil. Not only that, he's going to take away death. Forever, death will be gone. Not only that, the Lord's going to come and he's, he's going to wipe away tears. And just this powerful image that we see here in Isaiah 25. But, you know, as I was kind of reading this, one thing that I see is that one thing that really seeps off the page is Isaiah's longing for this day. You know, biblical waiting, at the end of the day, what it is, is it's, it's a longing. And I think for me, one of the ways that I describe the Advent season is a season of longing. This is a season as we anticipate, as we prepare, we are checking our hearts. You know, one Jay Hudson, at the, at the heart of hearts, what do you long for? Where is your longing? How is your longing? Well, you know, what are the things that we are desiring and hungering and longing? Is it really the Lord? Is it about the Lord? You know, you know nowadays, like I said, just Thanksgiving, then Christmas immediately. As I was kind of driving back up last night, we already saw lights. And I saw some of your Instagrams already. Christmas trees are up. It's all, it's all done. Um, so quickly, we are, we are already ready for Christmas. But as someone said, unless we thoroughly go through the season of Advent, Perhaps we can never fully enjoy the depth of Christmas. Right? That's why the waiting season of Advent, these four weeks, or maybe longer, waiting, intentionally waiting, anticipation, preparing, checking our heart's hunger and longing is important for the church. It's important for us as a people of God. If we really want to receive Jesus Christ on that Christmas morning again with a, with a sense of freshness, with sense of depth, with, with sense of true joy again. The season of Advent, of waiting, is important. It's in the scripture, once again, 
throughout, it emphasizes our longing, this waiting. And the waiting is on the Lord, right? Over and again, many, so many passages. I was like, I was studying through it, and over and over, whenever there is a sense of waiting, usually it comes with waiting in the Lord, right? Psalm 33, we wait in hope for the Lord, for he is, he is our helper and our shield. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned me and heard my cry. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Psalm 27, wait for the Lord and he will make his way. Do not say I will pay you back, but wait for the Lord and he will deliver you again and again and again. Waiting, this longing uh, is a longing for God, is a longing for the Lord. So once again today, this morning, as we begin our Advent season, I know that some of you, some of us, um, there are things that we have been also waiting for. Right? Perhaps some uh, long-term prayers. Maybe there's issue of health and, and sickness or, or you're waiting for a job or, or a relationship to heal and to grow. Uh, I mean, life is, is, is filled with, with waiting. But scripturally, as we think about waiting, as we think about waiting, I want us to really begin to kind of cultivate our hearts almost or posture our hearts towards uh, is my waiting on just on the things, the results, or as a person of God, as people of God, ultimately our waiting is waiting on in the Lord, is for the Lord. Lord, I need you to show up at the end of the day. It's not these things that I need to get or achieve or, or receive, but at the end of the day, Lord, my heart, may my heart turn so that my ultimate longing at the end of the day is for you. And for, for us, uh, for, for, you know, church, New Mercy, uh, I want to ask this morning once again, where is your longing? What is your longing? What is your heart hunger this morning? David talks about this over and over again and again. Uh, Psalm 62, my soul waits in silence for God only, for my hope is from the Lord. In Romans 8, we, we talk about this, this sense of longing and, and hunger. Romans 8 talks about it. For the creation waits in eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Isaiah 8, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope only in him again and again. A biblical longing is anchored first and foremost upon, upon God. Remember, um, I know, you know, sometimes still, I know this is, this is not easy, right? You know, I've been waiting. You don't understand. I have so much going on in my life. A lot of stuff I'm waiting for, and the Lord's not answering me. He's silent. But remember, um, maybe some of you who are, who are married or in a relationship, remember the first time that you uh, went on our first date or whatever, your love, your touches. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I remember my first kind of date with Lisa way back, 25, whatever years ago. And I remember going to TGIF. TGIF. We met in seminary, and purposely, we didn't want to tell our seminary friends we were dating, so we drove actually 30 minutes away from campus. And we were like, hey, let's meet over there 30 minutes away at this TGIF. And I just remember going there and, and waiting. Right? Waiting for you. you guys remember this? And, you know, and that kind of waiting is never bad. Right? We, we don't mind. We're waiting in anticipation because it's someone that you enjoy, you love, that you, you want, you desire, you, you, you long for. And you are sure that this person is going to come, and hopefully, right, <laughs> that's the case. And there is that, there, it's, it's okay in that presence, the longing and waiting. You know, 
longing for God is, is it, it should be something like that. We absolutely trust in our Lord who loves us, right? Who go the distance, who is there for us, who is with us. And as God desires and longs after for us, once again, his call for us is that wait in me. Wait patiently, patiently in me, Lord. May I be your focus, center of your longing and your center of your work. So in this Christmas, once again, Advent season, first and foremost, uh, let us check our heart, check our longing. You know, are, are we hungering? Are we longing for the Lord? Number two, biblical waiting is about also about becoming. It's about becoming. One of the um, things in scripture that we find is that many of these people who waited upon the Lord, uh, surprisingly, uh, a good number of them never actually fully received what they were waiting for. Uh, for instance, great example are the prophets. You know, you have all these prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the great prophets and all the minor prophets. When you study the prophets, even the great ones like Isaiah today, his whole life, his whole ministry, about 40 years of ministry, Isaiah. But he cries out to the Lord, Lord, you know, heal them, let them come back, let them return, you know, repent. Anything happen? Isaiah dies. Nothing. It got worse and worse and worse. And the people ends up what? They becoming slaves to other nations. Right? They, they, there's a war and they lose and, you know, everything just, just, just crumbles. Jeremiah, known as what? Known as the weeping prophet. Why? Because he put an end to it. His whole ministry, he's waiting, he's preaching, he's waiting before God. Like, Lord, turn their hearts to you. Nothing happens. And one thing that the scriptures, I think, really teaches us is that in the process of waiting, sometimes the point of waiting is not to always get things. Perhaps the gift of waiting, in one sense, is, is in the waiting itself. See, the process of waiting, it does something to us. We change. We get cultivated. We get broken. And we get formed. And God uses this time called waiting to really form us, that we become his people. You know, uh, one person that really understood this was David, right? King David. And uh, there are Psalms. The Psalms are, uh, uh, you know, these, these, these songs or these poetry that he writes, uh, just, just really just bare in his heart, right? And there are a lot of moments when David is longing for God. David is waiting on God. Uh, one of the Psalms that, that I think is a powerful Psalm is like Psalm 13. I think we might have this, Psalm 13. This is David's cry as he waits for God. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my energy be exalted over you? Right? There is a cry of what? Waiting, waiting. Lord, how long? Do you know what's going on? I'm in pain. I'm hurting. I mean, some of us, we, we can really relate with this, right? There are moments, I don't know about you, but in my life, especially when I feel like God just goes silent. Lord, are you there? Where are you? And I and Definitely, I feel like that. Lord, how long? Where are you? Come on, speak. Move. Do something. Show me a sign. But yet God goes quiet. And I must say, honestly, that I have met people 
who cannot handle this season of waiting, and they, they crack. They curse at God, and they fall away. I've seen people like that. I've seen people whose hearts get so hardened. Oh, God's not real. God, if I can really love you. And they they turn away from God. I'm definitely seeing folks like that. But if we were to properly anchor ourselves in receiving and understanding this person called waiting, um, I think what takes place is that after some time, we begin to get we begin to we begin to get the full picture. We begin to slowly get the picture of what the Lord is actually doing. And as some one commentary commentator said, the Lord perhaps is not only interested in giving you that product or the end desire that you're asking for, but he's much more interested in the shaping of our, our heart. See, waiting is not only longing, longing for God. That's where it starts, physical waiting. But waiting is also becoming. Waiting is a process. But that's why it's so hard, because it takes time. That's why it takes, sometimes takes silence. And God is quiet. See, the same psalm, Psalm 13, you know how the same psalm ends? It's a very short psalm, six verses. So David goes crazy. Ah, how long, Lord? How long? You, tell him, you know. How can you know when are you going to show your face? He goes crazy first two verses. Then how does the psalm end? Psalm 13, 5 and 6. But he says what? But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise. For he has been good to me. I don't think things, anything changed. I think David was still in this, this seeking and, and waiting and longing for God to move and something to take place. But what happens? His kind of perspective and kind of changes. And th- that's why this is the strength of David. He's just so honest. He's so sure with God. Like, God, I'm frustrated. But then he pauses. Then it seems like almost in the middle of his psalm, his tone changes. Ah, oh, then again, but I know that God is still good to me. Even though I might not have what I'm longing for and waiting on, but the God I trust in, that something is going on. And he realizes who the Lord is. Remember the story of Abraham. Once again, he receives the promise when he was 75, that you are going to have descendants like the stars of the sky. You're going to have children. But I have no son. I have nobody. Then Abraham waits and waits and waits. And finally, when he's 99 years old, he gets Isaac. And from Isaac, right, the whole nation of God starts. Abraham as the father of God. But you know what? That, that 25 years of waiting, if you study Genesis, if you read the story of Abraham, the 25 years of waiting, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like this. It was long. There are a lot of stories there. Abraham gets so frustrated, right? He takes his slave girl, Hagar, and he sleeps with Hagar, thinking that's the promise. Then they have Ishmael, and the whole craziness happens. And God's like, no, that's not it. I wanted you to wait longer. With your wife, Sarah, you're going to have the real, uh, real firstborn. So the, the Abraham makes mistakes, and on and on, this process of waiting forms Abraham. And finally, Abraham gets to a point of what? To becoming a man of faith later on when God asks Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. He is able to do it. 
And I believe that a big part of Abraham's formation was in that 25-year war. Remember the story of <coughs> the Israelites in the desert. They're waiting and waiting. 40 years. Now, technically, it should have taken them, what, 40 days. If they were to just walk straight line, whatever, it should have taken them 40 days. But it takes them 40 years wandering the desert. What was God doing? They were becoming people. They're being formed. They're growing and becoming the people of God. One commentator said that the interest, once again, was, was God wasn't just, point of God wasn't just getting people there, but God was interested in creating a true people for himself. The point of God in the, in the Exodus wasn't just getting people there. I mean, today for us in our generation, you know, Western American mind, it's about efficiency, practicality, right? Like, you know, get it done properly, quickly. But in the, in the economy of God, that's, that's, not, that's not it. That's not all. Definitely, you know, God gets things done. But what? But he's more interested ultimately about the process of forming the character and, and, and true, the heart, the hearts of people, the forming of the hearts of people. That's what God's after. So waiting is not only <coughs> longing for biblical waiting. We must learn that it is also uh, becoming, becoming. Last one, I just want to kind of end with this today. Uh, and this was kind of very conviction for me, uh, is that the uh, biblical waiting is also, uh, it's about a story. It's about a story. I was thinking about um, what would be our world like if there was no waiting? I mean, it's not something that we long for. You know, I know we have young mothers here. It's like, oh, I wish my kid would just like snap of the finger and go through the terrible twos, no terrible twos, you skip over. And just, you know, I was joking around when, when we were a little younger with Lisa, we had a hard time with our second, second, Micah. Micah's now, what, 14, 15 years old. But 15 years ago, uh, out of all our four children, Micah was the toughest. Our second son was the toughest. Uh, he was a crazy psycho. Like, you know, our, our firstborn, you know, he would be like, oh, you know, you'll cry for like 25 minutes. And he said, oh, go to school, go to sleep. So we thought that every kid was like our first son. You know, Tyler, oh, so easy. You know, he sleeps and eats and whatever. Oh, my gosh. Micah would once cry for an hour and a half. Hour and a half. I know he said something about the parents too. Like, what are you doing leaving your kid to cry for an hour and a half? Well, I didn't want to lose. You know, like, <laughs> right? So Michael would go on and cry and cry. And I still remember giving up. Like, I'm not, and poor Lisa. Lisa, we can't do it. That's what he said. But imagine, I know some parents here, like, oh, snap of the finger. I wish snap of the finger. Sometimes I wish snap of the finger, there's no traffic. We have to go to Virginia. Lord, no waiting. Just boom, we're in Virginia. You know, sometimes I wish I go to my favorite store, CVS, and there was no line. And boom, instant. Imagine a, a world um, that everything was instant. There, there was no waiting. What would that world be like? Then I started thinking, like, what, what, would, what, would we be, uh, what would we be losing if everything was instant? <coughs> I think if everything were to be instant, if there was no waiting at all, uh, I think we will uh, be losing our story. I think we'll be losing our story. I remember one of those, these years, 
back a couple of years ago in Thanksgiving, going down, driving down to uh, Virginia, and we picked up about seven hours. It usually takes about four hours, seven hours traffic. Traffic just red, just for hours. And initially, when I saw that thing, I wanted to choke and hit somebody. But then I remember also that trip when our family renewed these CDs. Yes, our cars, we have CDs, you know, old, old cars. And I had the kids make CDs. And we put our CDs our, of our favorite songs as a family. So I remember listening to that CD. And I remember for the first time, uh, our younger son and the youngest daughter, Nora, singing Beyonce and Second Son and singing Michael Jackson and sharing about how I used to love these songs in the 80s. And yes, it was painful, the traffic and the wait, but in, in the other flip side of it is that because of the wait, a lot of life happened. And isn't that so true in one sense? I mean, you know, painful, yeah, raising children, young kids, babies, we, yeah, we, I wish we could snap our fingers. But also at the same time, would you really exchange those forming, those cherished years of your children? I know it's tough, but there's so much story. There's so much of life was in the wait, in the process, right? In those times. And I think the biblical, once again, waiting, part of waiting is that. Waiting is a gift that God gives us so that our stories are told. And these stories are our testimony. These stories are our testimony. See, waiting is also an opportunity. The times of waiting is also an opportunity. The season of waiting, season of Advent is also an opportunity for God's people to properly share our stories and it becomes a testimony. See, how we wait also matters. The posture and the attitude of how we wait also matters. Right? The longing of the wait, it also, it also matters. Understanding that we are becoming someone, a community, that we also matter. And the, the longing, the waiting is, is, is part of who we are. It's our story. Ultimately, it's our testimony. Today, the passage, once again, you know, when I was reading this passage, I almost cried because the passage seems like the Isaiah is just, just, just describing this image of the future as the people of God, we are waiting for that day, one day. God will fully come back. Just like he came back, he came 2,000 years ago uh, as, a, as an infant, baby Jesus. Again, he will come back. And at the end of the end, we long for that day. And we can wait and we can hang on, we can hold on. We can persevere because we absolutely know fully one day that this is coming. That there's going to come a day when death is wiped out. Come a day when there's going to be, the, the veil is going to be completely be gone. That we will be able to see Jesus Christ face to face. One day that God's going to come and wipe away all our tears, our sorrow, our brokenness. That there's going to be fullness. There's going to be healing. There's going to be freedom. That we're going to be truly renewed truly renewed in the full sense of the word that one day that that day is coming that's why therefore what therefore we wait therefore for the christian waiting is 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 okay that we we are able to wait that waiting is a testimony 
that when I see someone struggling in their weight, you know, Pastor Hudson says, it's so hard. I don't know where, why God's quiet, why God's not answering. I want to just let go. I want to quit. But as, as we see people just every day just taking step by step, waiting still, continually building in the Lord, that, that's a powerful story. It's a powerful testimony. It's a testament to who God is, to upon that person's relationship with the Lord, upon that person's understanding of the gospel, of the truth, that one day this Isaiah 25, 6 to 9 is going to happen. And that's why at the end, the last verse, verse 9 says what? It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. And I pray for all of us that this will be our testimony, that we can tell the world, hey, 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 hey. You know, you know, I have waited for the Lord, and this is what the Lord has done. You know, I have waited for the Lord, and, you know, truly the Lord is my salvation. I have waited for the Lord, and truly God has delivered me. I have waited for the Lord, and he has cultivated my heart, gave me true freedom. That there is real restoration. See, at the end of the day, waiting is also a testimony. This is our story. I know that uh, this topic is not easy, especially for those who are in a season of waiting and and. It's, some of you guys are tired. You're just kind of hanging in there. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I, 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 I read this illustration, this uh, Chinese bamboo tree. And some of you guys know. And I had to do some research to make sure this is true, and I guess it is. They said that the Chinese bamboo tree um, is one of the most just remarkable uh, plants on, on the earth. And they said that when you plant a seed, the Chinese bamboo tree, um, it's painful because for about four years, nothing happens. It says literally you drop the seed and then a lot of people quit because, oh, it probably fell or I did something wrong. Because actually there's nothing, no sign, zip. But for those who really understand and know the, the truth about the Chinese bamboo tree, you have to continue. You have to keep on watering it and you know, cultivating the sand and whatever ground. They said that for four years, zero, nothing. Then the, in the fifth year, they said, um, there comes a season when you begin to see growth. So seed kind of grows and it comes out. And something crazy happens. It says that <coughs> usually when the seeds begin to grow, in three months, it could grow to about 80 feet. So I was like, oh, is this true? So I was doing research, and it says actually the world record, Guinness Book of World Records, fastest growing plant, it is a, it is a bamboo. So one of the Chinese bamboo kind of plants, uh, it has a record that it grew up to 91 inches, 91 centimeters, 35 inches in one day. That's not scary, right? Like, oh, it's crazy. Like, what the? Um, 35 inches in one day as a world record Guinness book. It is a bamboo tree. But think about that. I think it's just a fascinating, a powerful illustration. For four years, zip. So most people, 85% of, of these new farmers, they quit. Because they're 100% sure that it dies. 
but then those who persevere and continue to wait and, and believe and entrust the water, they cultivate the land. And one day comes. And when it happens, it's like, wow. For me, um, often my experiences, my encounter with God is like this. I don't know if even in my life, there are a lot of seasons where God is completely quiet. I just kind of went through that like, about a year and a half ago. For about a year and a half, I felt like the Lord was quiet. You know, when I was younger, you know, you know, I'll pray and I'll whatever, and then it was just so clear to me, like the presence of God I felt and God was. But then about a year and a half, I, I was just like, the Lord was completely silent. I'll pray and I'll, you know, when I pray, you know, there's talking to the wall, like, and nothing. And those are the seasons when we want to quit. We want to stop believing. But then often it's like this. Then for, for, for whatever reason, in God's proper time, when God sees that it's a proper time, then God begins to move. And it's like, <laughs> that's how the Lord is. So with that, I want to encourage, uh, especially as we start, begin this uh, special season of Advent, uh, the Lord is close. And as we are longing and waiting for him, he is also waiting for you. The Lord is also waiting for you. Someone actually said that, that perhaps God is quiet and waiting because his wait is really about, about us. That he's waiting for us to continue waiting for him, to be patient with us. John Ortberg, um, one of the pastors, famous pastors, he said, uh, waiting is the hardest work of hope. Waiting is the hardest work of hope. You know, we, we have hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, right? We know the gospel and there's, there's hope in God. But in order for us to really have that hope come out, part of that is, is waiting, is this process of continually waiting on the Lord. And one day we know that the God shoots up God shows, and when God shows, everything changes everything. Okay. So with that, can we pray? Let's pray. Let's, let's, if we could just spend a moment in prayer, asking the Lord, Lord, as we begin this Advent season, uh, will you start a new hunger, a new longing in my heart? And let's ask the Lord for our community here uh, at New Mercy, at Edgewater, uh, not only individually that we'll be blessed and we'll experience this, but together these next four weeks as we go in this, head into this Advent season as a community, that the Lord will really move, that God teach us about waiting, teach us what it means to really be longing for something. God, I want my heart to long for you again. I want to hunger for you again, desire you again. Refresh our hearts, Father. May the longing be our testimony, Father. 